Good morning and welcome to Sinister Sunrise. I'm Erin. I'm Morgan. And I'm Sarah. And I hope you guys are having um, a great morning. I know we might have already um, said this before in a different episode, but we record um, our episodes on Sundays and today just happens to be Easter. So when you listen to this... It'll it won't be Easter. It'll be past Easter when you listen to this. But hope everyone did have a good Easter. Uh, Morgan, Sarah, I'm not sure if you guys have you know plans today. If you're going to be maybe missing out on something you usually do for Easter, but do you have anything fun? Maybe you're going to do during your quarantine Easter today. I am cooking a lot. There you go. I have already set off the fire alarms this morning or the smoke alarms. <laughs> At 6.30 this morning, so my upstairs neighbors probably want to murder me. So maybe I'll make some extra food and put it on their doorstep. (laughs) There you go. Yeah. I'm just cooking. Dang. Yeah, you leave them the burnt pieces, Sarah. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Honestly, I'm very upset because normally I feel like this is very tradition for most people, but normally we go to grandma's house. We have quite a feast uh, obviously, mm. due to the quarantine times, we're not doing that. And um, mm-hmm. yeah, I'm really upset because I don't get any cream puffs. Um, but yeah, um, <laughs> I yeah, I did buy Wes a chocolate bunny. So happy Easter! Well, that's nice, one and all. <laughs> that is nice. Yeah, yeah. Same, same. Morgan. Typically, I go over to like my my aunt's house i hang out with like my whole family um like my younger cousins still do the whole easter egg hunt and whatever but yeah now that i'm old enough we do bloody mary's we just drink all day you know it's a good time to catch up with family the nice thing is so yesterday my i was watching just a movie with my sister and my cousin texted my sister and was like hey, go out on your porch. And my sister was like, what? <laughs> I know. I was like, ah, okay. No. So we both walk out and like no one's there. But on our porch is like this, uh, not tin, but it's this thing of cookies that my aunt made and because she oh, really likes so to nice. bake. So they're like Easter themed cookies and there's chocolate chip cookies and uh, a couple different types that she left and uh, I guess had my cousin <laughs> go around and drop them off at our family's houses. So that's that awesome. was pretty nice. Aww, yeah. That's so sweet. But gu- guys, hear me out. Okay. So this quarantine is supposed to last through May now, correct? Yeah. From what I've heard, yes. Okay. So we're missing Easter and Cinco de Mayo. Correct. Shut no, wait, wait, uh, wait, 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 wait. Correct. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes or no? Okay. Hear me out. So listening. we could we could do an Easter egg hunt like in June, but instead <laughs> of eggs, it can be little tequila jello shots, like margarita <gasps> jello shots. Or like you I'm crack about the egg it. open and it's a it's tequila. Yeah. yeah. <gasps> we can mix the holidays and just Get drunk for all the days we didn't get. Ooh, we could save oh, it for we'll July have- and have a Fourth of July Cinco Easter. Take it in, yeah, because take it in. five Easter. Yes, that'd be fantastic. Also, because <clears throat> Fair St. Louis is already canceled, so that'd be great to do. Wait, is that the thing with the fireworks? Mm-hmm. Yeah, down like at the arch. <gasps> yeah, I they already canceled that. that. Ooh, well, it's true. I mean, how can you plan? To have all that entertainment and then buy, like, uh, probably would have cost so much money to even attempt it. Oh, yeah. I understand why they canceled it. It's just sad. (laughs) Well, even just the people that need to plan it, they probably can't get them in a room together to do that. 
know what I'm saying? Like you can do conferencing and stuff, but to set everything up, that would take true more hands on. From what I've heard in other places, I mean, you know, quarantine's happening everywhere. The virus is going on everywhere. They'll probably still not have um, events where you can be with bigger groups of people. Like they may still limit the number of people that can be in an event. Like I was supposed to go to a concert in July that's already going to be rescheduled which I understand, mm-hmm. but they could say, oh, if you're going to this thing, you can only, there can only be 100 people or 200 people. Yeah. Like I'd be, a wedding I'd be surprised. in December. I that, don't it, know about that long. I, I don't know. I would think like December sounds very not. far off. I think they'll limit the amount of people until like August, September is my okay. sad outlook on it because I am in a wedding in September. But – I and I don't and I think it'll just be like bigger like mainstream events. I don't mm-hmm. think they'll limit. I don't think they they can't really control that. And that's so much money for those industries. I think it'll be like sporting events and concerts and you know yeah, nationally open events. Yeah, I don't think they'll yeah restrict the smaller ones. Maybe we'll find out. Because I mean, also like the property managers, they're going to have to obtain to those rules. So we'll see. But on the upside, um. I had this thought. Okay, so I've been running and walking more, completely uh-huh. outside of quarantine. But, well, no, it, it goes along with quarantine because I work from home. So I go for my little <laughs> lunch walk, my little afternoon runs, and I see squirrels in the trees a lot. And then I couldn't sleep Wednesday night, and I started Googling, how often do squirrels attack humans? Yeah. <laughs> well, it's a fear. Because at first I saw birds, and I was like, don't you dare poop on me. And then I saw the squirrels, and I know a girl who's been attacked by a squirrel. She was really annoying, so I feel bad are for you, the squirrel. Are you talking about like daily? Like how many times a day does, do people get attacked by squirrels? Yeah, um, is this a yeah, yearly maybe, count? Or just in general? I was looking for a yearly count. Yearly, yearly okay. count, uh, like worldwide, uh, America wide, or uh, whoa, United States of America, America, America wide. <laughs> I don't know. We're like in this case, squ- wide open. You know, I feel like I can't accurately take a guess because I don't know what the squirrels up in like Tacoma, Washington are doing. I don't know what the squirrels in New York are like. They sound scary, but I will say my guess is 200. That's okay. really high. 200. <laughs> I don't know. For how many squirrels? Miss Erin, what do you think? I was going to say maybe a little over under like 2,000. Whoa. 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 You're out of I control. Don't know. <laughs> um, well, I couldn't find a number, so I'm just making you guys oh, guess for no reason. <laughs> because squirrels are one of the least likely animals to carry rabies, so the CDC does not report on how many squirrel attacks per year. I finally found something on Google that. that there isn't a number for. I was very impressed and frustrated. Fuck, like Sarah, I was so ready. I was ready. I was excited too. I'll keep digging, I gonna- but I didn't find anything, y'all. Please report back because I'm V upset that I – that was – Aaron and I had very differing guesses and I'd like to I know. know who won. I know you did. <laughs> um, but it also worries me because now it's in the back of my head like they don't report on it. It's the underground thing that's killing us all. Squirrel oh attacks. God. Let's make a really low budget film. <laughs> Squirrels. Have you guys seen Zombiever? No. No. <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm so oh scared. Oh my god. It is a terrible <laughs> scary movie on Netflix. I don't know if it's still there, but Zombie if you have the chance to watch it, 
and you don't actually want to be scared, watch Zombiever because it is ridiculous. I'm dying. Yes. I'm dying. (laughs) Holy shit. And Morgan, since we're on the topics of some movies, did you ever get your Hulu to work the other day or no? Parasite. Parasite. Morgan. Guys, I literally need to see it at some point when Hulu isn't messing up. I'm prepped. I'm ready. Aaron and Sarah have seen Parasite. They want me to see it, which I asked probably five questions at least. Like, is it scary? Are there jump scares? Is there blood? Is there this? Because I I do like to know what's coming. I'm not a – I'm still a baby when it comes to scary movies. I do like a thriller more than like a ghost and grossies. I'm not about – I don't like that. But Which is what Parasite is, I think. It's more of a thriller. Yeah. Yeah, it definitely is. And that's what you guys told me. So I was like, okay, cool. I'm ready. I'm prepped. Wes and I ordered Mexican and we were ready to sit there and watch Mm. our movie. No sound. And I was like, well, maybe it's just the beginning of the movie. No. We skip forward to when they're talking and when the subtitles come on, nothing. I was like, what the hell? Flipped over to Netflix. Oh, that's weird. We're just fine. Hulu, this is your warning. I'm pissed. (laughs) Let it be heard, Hulu. Yeah, so as soon as Hulu gets their shit together, I will be watching Parasite and I will report back to you what I thought of it. Even though it's a subtitle movie. I'm so excited movie, for you to watch it. Even though it's a subtitle movie and I'm not super pumped about that part because you guys know I'm a slow reader. <laughs> you can do um, it, Morgan. We believe in you. Yes. Thank you. I'm going to try my As you were watching it, Andrew was like, how does those words make sense with what they're saying? Like... Like the noises they made didn't match the sound just because we're so used to, you know, our language. Yeah. 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 Well, and in all honesty, (laughs) like that, like South Korean and Japanese and Chinese, there's no like direct like correlation to words. Like one word or one thing doesn't mean one thing here. Right. Right. They. Yeah. So it's hard. Like they could say two things and it is this long, like two sentence thing. Well, it's just like Spanish when you like say por qué. That means because and why. Like what so yeah like it's the same thing like their sentence structure is different everywhere is so like i'm very i'm very curious how this is gonna go and how my mind's gonna like change while i watch it so i'm pumped Mm -hmm. i I will say yeah (laughs) i never missed like a subtitle i think it was pretty yeah it was good like if this is one of the first times you're really like sitting down and hunkering down and watching like a movie with subtitles i think this is a pretty good one for you so but you report Great. back whenever you're finished with it. I'll yeah, try my best. It's not like check. super long, like monologue things either, which is nice. Yeah, there's I a lot of stuff that goes on from like the, like very small intro that I watched because we were just trying to see if we could get the sound to work. It's a lot of right. dialogue. It seems like between characters, so it kind of flips back and forth. It's not like yeah, it's big short. passionate speeches, speeches. But the but the yeah, <laughs> I see what you're saying. I'll check every day for you, ladies. Hulu, yes, again, this is your warning. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait till you watch it. Um, <sighs> so I have the little game. I don't know if you want to call it a game for today to decide who gets to go first. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of did what Morgan did last week. And I'm like, I don't know what to do since we're not all together. So I looked up some ideas and I want to know who has or who has taken the most recent photo on their camera roll. So not like you screenshot a photo, but like you actually took a photo. Bitch. So like, I I I really don't take photos. 
not a screenshot. I don't take photos at all. Yes, Yeah, not a screenshot. 3.59 p.m. Shut up. <laughs> Morgan wins. The last one I took is of a receipt on Thursday at 5.22 p.m. Oh, mine was March 27th, so. <laughs> Whoa. Whoa, what? I don't take pictures. I'm bad with pictures, really. Aaron. Like, besides that, the last pictures I took were from Alaska. And your okay, phone kept I dying say, too. Yes, Neither my of you have. Of shit, but <laughs> I'm going to toot my really own feel. horn. None of you have adorable ass dogs or cats to take pictures of. So that's what my picture that's was. That's true. It I was, haven't had any reason to take a picture. <laughs> it was actually, if, if you want to go check my Snapchat, it's Winnie with a mustache. So <laughs> just oh, lighten your day. Oh, that was from day. yesterday. Oh, yeah. That is cute. So I kept it. So that's my that's picture. Aww. Bowie also had glasses, so there's both. They're both on there. Maybe we'll use that for uh, for uh, introducing this this episode on Instagram. Yes. Here's my dog with a mustache. Go listen. All jokes aside, <laughs> send it to me, and we can make something happen. You got it. Yes. <laughs> All right. So it looks like Morgan, you go first, mm-hmm. and then Sarah, <gasps> and then me. Morgan, you go first this time. Hey! Oh my god. And I'd like to thank my dog for getting me this position. <laughs> oh, my God. All right. Cool. All right. So my topic for this week is Ouija boards. Oh, yeah. awesome. Yeah. No, I was like, yeah. oh, man. They're, <laughs> they're again, squad for every for all of our people listening. We are recording remotely. So there was a slight delay. And I was like, oh, no, man, that didn't land like I hoped it. <laughs> but I was like, damn, I thought they'd be excited for this topic. But all right, cool. So I'm going to put the board in the room. Yeah. Listen, while you're listen, telling the story. Bitch. Of fucking course it is. It's in the closet behind me. So yay. Cool. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm mention- pumped that it's not in my house. You can talk about all you want when it's over there. I left <laughs> it there for a reason. Yeah. <laughs> Aaron has, again, I've, we've mentioned it before, but Aaron has this fascination that there is something in my attic and it terrifies me to my core. I do believe there is. Ah, uh, this believe. house is literally 20 years old. So, I, like, but the, the land who lived can happen in 20 years. It, okay, it was a nice the lotion family. On the land. Oh my God. Y'all, <laughs> I am here. Is it, by my, is it an Indian it? burial ground? Oh my god! Well, we are in Jeffco. Anything's possible. We were digging because we are putting in a fence. There's literally like two inches of dirt, and the rest is rock. All oh. just huge rocks. So rocks hold a lot I, of spirits. Sarah, I right, got that from on. nowhere. We know that's not true. Well, I, I don't think it's true. Someone somewhere said it. It well, was me. You, it was Sarah. 30 seconds ago. <laughs> okay. So I will preface this with, yes, I have a Ouija board in the room with me. So I'm thinking positive and respectful thoughts during this whole thing. Okay. Are you going to uh, play with it during the thing? No. No. I'm not trying to jinx myself. Also, you're not supposed to play by yourself. We'll get there. Oh, oh I didn't so, know that. Yes. So uh, I did get a lot of my basic info from Wikipedia. It did lay it out very well. So. Uh, a lot of what I'm about to say, a.k.a. this first paragraph, is quoted from Wikipedia. All right. <clears throat> also, <laughs> let me tell you how many times I misspelled the word Ouija throughout my notes. It's O-U-I-J-A, not how it O-U-I-J-A, O-O-I-J-A, it's bad. So, uh, the Ouija board, 
also known as a spirit board or talking board, is a flat board marked with the letters of the alphabet, the numbers zero through nine, the words yes, no, sometimes the word hello, and always the word goodbye. Along with various symbols and graphics, I'm not getting ours out, uh, but I'm pretty sure there's like a, usually there's like a sun and a moon. That sounds right. So, yeah. And that's like so that you don't have to spell out like day, night when you're asking questions like that. So, uh, if you don't know know the, yeah, if you don't know the little uh, plastic thing that points to the letters is called a planchette. Uh, It's usually a small heart-shaped piece of wood or plastic. The one we have is plastic. Uh, It's white. I think if you go back on our Instagram page, you will see from our Titanic episode, you'll see what the board looks like. So hit up our Instagram. Uh, This. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. What's our Instagram called? It is called Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Was that Sinister Sunrise Podcast? Yeah, so and if you want podcast, is that right? Yeah, <laughs> I think, I think on Instagram, on Instagram, on right, the gram. it's Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Got it, got it. Correct. Cool. Look it up. <laughs> okay. So, <laughs> so again, the board uses this planchette uh, as a movable indicator to spell out messages during a seance. And in case you don't know what a seance is, I clicked on it because it was blue on Wikipedia. So it let me look up the word of how that what that word means it is an attempt (laughs) to communicate with spirits ta-da participants place their fingers on the planchette and it uh moves about the board to spell words so you delicately place your hand on it and boom you're talking to the spirits it spells stuff out while you're asking questions it's it's a big deal so i did find out on my uh research especially when on wikipedia i'm a little disappointed with this fact ouija is a trademark of hasbro (laughs) Uh, (laughs) of course it is how spooky yeah um so a lot of the boards when they became popular hasbro is a is a kids toy company board game that all that shit and uh, apparently they trademarked that word so i guess technically from back in the day when they were used i guess what i said in the beginning was a spirit board or a talking board is the non-trademarked way to say that so i was a little disappointed with that fact i i did not think hasbro did that so i don't know it just almost makes it seem Wait, cheeky when you're saying trademark do you mean they invented it or they just own the rights to the word ouija whoa I think they own the rights to the word. <laughs> uh, what? Man, I messed that up. Moving on. No, I mean, they could have invented that. I don't know. Either no, way, I don't think so. I have no idea. the word Ouija. Like, and also, like, is that really what Hasbro wants to be known for? Like, they tri- like, yeah, it's a thing. I'm pretty sure that's who made errands. D- should, I, should I pause? Should I go look? No, if it's a Ouija board, then it's got to be Hasbro. It's so close. <laughs> uh, That's what I always say. <laughs> so we will uh, take it back. Uh, so in uh, 1886 is uh, when this whole idea came about of speaking with spirits and communicating them on this type of playing field. Uh, mm-hmm. Elijah Bond invented Ooh. this, quote, innocent parlor game. It's not so <laughs> innocent 
anymore, Elijah. <laughs> Bond. <clears throat> Elijah Bond. Right. Uh, so, again, many, especially in the scientific communi- uh, community, believe that boards only work due to the people's unconscious movements. So, you know, you have your hand on the planchette, and even if you don't intend to scientists believe that it's your subconscious wanting to get an answer or move slightly move the the planchette to letters that you want to see um this is a um not to give them like credibility but have you ever done that thing where you have um like a string in your fingers and you attach like a paper clipped into the string do you know what i'm talking about no no you'll just hold like it a- still supposed to be like a pendulum or something kind of but you're gonna try and hold it still and then the professor whoever's leading you would say like make you go front and back like just think about it going forward and backwards mm-hmm. and you would think about it and it would move just mm. because of those like little reflexes in your fingers that you don't think about yeah huh. but ugh, moving a string is a whole lot different than moving a planchet so yeah and i want to mm-hmm. name my firstborn child planchet oh pfft. ooh cute <laughs> like kate, uh, kate blanchett <laughs> kate blanchett <laughs> blanchett kate uh planchette again helen oh planchett helen okay okay it's really funny that Lun. you mentioned that name we'll get there we'll get there oh uh, no that's my sweet so, sweet great grandma's name hmm Hmm. Uh, So again, with the scientific community believing this, uh, it is a psychological phenomenon known as the Diomotor effect. It's spelled D-E-O-M-O-T-O-R effect. So again, Mm -hmm. Sarah, what you were recently talking about with your hand slightly moves or you just unconsciously move it to where it needs to go. Or we're all telekinetic. (sighs) Da, da, da. Uh, so some Christian denominations warn against the use, saying that it leads to de- demonic possessions. Obviously, that is the part of Ouija boards that is, you know, dramatized and brought mm. to life and seems more of the, quote, like, common scenario um, through books and movies. Um, on Wikipedia, it has a bunch of books and movies listed. I just happened to list a couple of the movies. Uh, the Exorcist, The Witchboard, 13 Ghosts, What Lies Beneath, and the, one of the ones that I have actually seen on that list was Ouija. Um, I, that was good. That movie, whoa. Yeah, that, that was, was a goodie. I actually really liked it, The and I was genuinely scared, mostly because I don't do with crawling. And that scene where the <laughs> spirit thing is crawling out of the vent, uh. I, I, like right now I'm, bleh, like, I, <clears throat> yep. Well, because she had to crawl was. through it to get to that secret room, correct? Well, it's the, been a while since hear, I've seen it. Yeah, you, exactly. But you, but the thing is, when it's the thing is crawling out, it's like crawling on all sides of the vent. So you hear it like, and it's like, yeah. It's fine. Crawling it's fine. is so much more creepy than just walking to me. Thank you. Exactly. Just like, um, oh, what's the movie where they go into the dreams? Uh, oh, with the red door and it's insidious. Insidious. I've yes. never, I've only seen like a, a little blip of, I think the first one and that demon thing crawling on the wall. No. N O <laughs> no. Anyway. <clears throat> Sorry for that derail, but I I don't do crawling. 
Uh, if you want to see some crawling, both of those two movies have it. In I can't wait to meet your children. Like, no, 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 we're skipping crawling. We're going straight to walking. Get up. Oddly Get up. enough, oddly enough, my mom <laughs> says I didn't really crawl. I she said like one day I just. I guess she said one day I she you just pulled yourself up and you just started walking and I was like, oh, that's right. pretty cool actually. Yeah. Hey, I had to do something first besides always losing telling my stories last year. So first in walking, <laughs> bitches. That's uh, awesome though. Thank you. Uh, and then I got a couple of things from the SmithsonianMag.com. Uh, and then it says, oh, Ouija boards are not uh, what scientists say powered by spirits or even demons, but powered by us. So kind of a, just a quote to reinforce that um, possibility. I personal, personally don't believe that. I love to, excuse me, believe that uh, <laughs> they are really powered by spirits. And I have a story here at the end that I think will help you uh, feel that way, too. <clears throat> Ooh, I'm pumped. <laughs> and then I also found that Reader's Digest, so rd.com, has a bunch of short little stories. I didn't want to go into too much detail with those. Um, <laughs> yeah. They're, they're, <laughs> they, they're very quick. And they're just, you. Right. They're very quick. So if you want to, you know, search that, read them up, there's like 10 listed. Very, very quick, like four sentences each. Uh, what I did find, though, and what I wanted to bring to light for everybody is on live sci-fi, I'm sorry, live sci-fi uh, .tv, five rules to follow. Very important. So, okay. one, placement. Uh, again, it says like on a flat surface or the knees of two people. Um, and then it says on the person who wrote the article, personally, they believe a mix of genders works best. I've never heard that before. But again, it was on this site. They say like if you have two people, it's like uh, it should be like a boy and a girl or whatever. Apparently, you communicate better that way. I don't okay. know. Number two, the planchette. Finger placement is uh, not important. So like not on the planchette, that shouldn't matter. The important part is the amount of force used. You are gently touching, careful enough to not put too much pressure. So I mean like literally like you, your fingertips should just barely feel it. Uh, number th Yeah. Number three, focus, focus. Uh, <laughs> one question at a time, allowing the spirit enough time to communicate um, – and always have your best intention set, kind of like last week when I was mentioning, like with Sage, like you should always be conscious about what you're doing, not like rushing through. One thing that they didn't mention on this site that I've heard from other podcasts, reading, everything like that, you're not supposed to ask how they died. It's just like rude. It's, yeah. Um, and again, with the focusing part, you should be respectful and serious at all times. So it's not meant to be a joke, it's meant to be taken seriously. And then number four is care of your Ouija board. It is important to stay, uh, that the surface stay as smooth as possible. So don't, you know, don't put your oily fingers all over it all the time. Don't press too hard in the planchette. Don't eat or drink around it. Again, kind of more of a respect thing, kind of on that focus um, mm -hmm. point. And then five, have fun and remember to close the session. And then this was just a good quote, so... Although spirit communication is supposed to be serious, there is no reason why you can't enjoy doing it. As with any spirit communication, it is always important to close your Ouija board session, especially if you believe you have come in contact with a demon or Zozo. You can simply do this by politely saying goodbye and moving the planchette to goodbye. So we could have a whole 
maybe I will in the future, a whole episode about that demon I just mentioned. I'm not going to say his name again. <laughs> but Zuzu. they they have – it's a girl. No more. I said Zuzu. It's different. Say, no. Mm-mm. So they <laughs> recommend – it just – it seems that that demon and other demons are very – they come through very easily on Ouija boards. So uh, – and with – that that's all the info I have for you, except for a quick little story from our good friend Alexis. Hey, so, what? Yeah. Uh, so Lexi has told me this story before, and I wanted her to get it written down for me so that I didn't mess anything up. Uh, so she typed mm-hmm. up a great little story for me. Uh, this is a girl that uh, we went to college with. I roomed with for a semester or two. Um, one of my biffles. And uh, so here we go. And she wrote it in first person. So that's how I will read it. I was in high school. My friend Amber and her boyfriend Zach had the bright idea to play with the Ouija board in her house. We lit a few candles and got the board out. We had Googled all the things that you're supposed to say and do. We asked if there was a spirit and waited. Nothing happened. Zach suggested we go to the Baker Cemetery outside of town. I lived in a small town, and the one he was referring to was about five minutes away, next to a shop that sold extremely large propane tanks that were often seen in fields. So she did attach a picture. It, it you, it's like it's like those giant tubular, like propane tanks. You've seen them, yeah. If not, they see my grandma's giant house. propane tank. Yeah, it'll come up. <clears throat> so it's it's important to note that, but they it's very close to the cemetery. It was, also, it was almost midnight, but we packed up the board and drove out to the cemetery. Towards the back of it, there was a huge oak tree that we sat under and set up the board. When we asked if someone was there, the planchette moved to yes. Zach started to laugh. Amber and I were convinced that he was moving it, so we made him take his hands away from the planchette. We asked again if someone was there, and the planchette moved away from and back to yes. I wasn't touching the planchette. I hovered my hands over the Ooh. plastic. Amber wasn't either. I could see the gap between her fingers and the planchette. We asked the spirit to identify itself. The planchette moved. H-E-L-E-N. Helen. <gasps> no! No! At, the, mm-hmm. At this point, Amber and I moved our hands away from the board, too afraid to have our hand, hands near it. I asked Helen to make some noise and prove that she was there. Remember those tanks? My uncle had one in his field. When you slap them, they sound like a distinctive metallic hollow noise. Really fun for bored kids. Three of those distinctive noises rung out into the night. We practically ran out of the graveyard. To this day, I'm convinced we never said goodbye properly. (sighs) Then we flash forward. In college, I was working at Best Buy and became friends with a guy named Wade. We started working uh, we started working there at the same time, so we both had to go up to St. Louis for training. One night, he told me that he could see and hear spirits and that my grandmother was with me. He described her energy. He said that she uh, he said that he saw pink, a soothing energy trailing after me most days. He also said that he would see flashes of pink ribbons and roses. She often referred to me as her little angel and that my mom had her ring and that I would eventually get it. So I had to reread this twice, but it, this is all what he is saying to Alexis that he sees about her. Okay. Uh, my grandmother had died when I was about three. She passed away from breast cancer. The ribbon of color that type for that type of cancer? Pink. Her favorite flower? 
roses. My grandmother had three kids, my aunt being the oldest, and I had assumed my aunt had her wedding ring set, so I figured all of those were just mostly lucky guesses. I texted my mom to confirm those things, and she was confused why I was asking, but she said that my grandmother did have a nick- have that nickname for me. My mom also let me know that she had the wedding ring set that my aunt and uncle didn't know about. Oh. A little spooked, I stood up to get something out of my suitcase. Wade was still talking about my grandmother. I walked across the room, and it got really quiet. I turned to look at him. He was looking above my head. When I asked him what was wrong, he looked at me. I'll always remember the confused but almost frightened look on his face. And he said, there's something black following you. Who's Helen? Oh, please no. <laughs> oh, oh, not dun, at all. Dun, dun, dun. That's you, crazy. Alexis. I got Is chills just reading it again. Yeah. Did you hear my last line? Who's Helen? That's what they call my great grandma. So that was a while ago, but is that mm-hmm. spirit still following? So I, Alexis, <laughs> she she asked me. She was like, "Hey, how'd the story? Like, did you read it? Blah blah blah." And I was reading it, and I was like, "Hey, it's so like that's good. It's a very good cliffhanging ending. Like, what happened?" She goes, mm-hmm. "Uh, you know, I did a few like try like cleansing sessions, but yeah, nothing really came of it." And I was like, <laughs> "Like, yeah." So. Our girl is a very strong. She is much more into she's the she's my goal. I want to be into meditation and healing and all this holistic stuff much more like she is and she so I you know go to her for a lot of those questions I have. Um but yeah, so I trust that she's feeling better. Uh, I know that she practices meditation to like clear her mind of that, but good. Yeah, that's why you don't mess with Luigi boards, kids. Yep, that's crazy. Yeah. Sarah, are you okay? Your mouth's just really open. You missed a whole lot of <laughs> gestures and faces I know, we so, were making. I, guys, I'm so sad. I try, I had to read the story from my phone, so I missed their reactions on Skype. Uh, but yeah, so I hope that uh, oh. I hope it got gotcha. you. Oh, Thanks, did. Lexi. We love you. <laughs> are yes, you supposed to not you. do it in a graveyard? And yes, thank you, Lexi. Oh, correct. You are so cool. How oh, yeah, do you 100%. be so cool? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, six hundred percent. Don't don't do it in a graveyard. So yes, and that's why again, rule number five of the list I said is to remember to say goodbye. It is very important, or else you don't know how long that's just gonna follow you. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. correct. <laughs> yeah, as soon as we hang up here, I'm calling my great Grammy. Yeah, <laughs> Helen. <laughs> she has the Helen. cutest little accent, yeah, though. So she wouldn't be a black cloud. Oh. Be but see, Helen her. wasn't her grandma, so we don't know who Helen was. But yeah, obviously someone like who I'm... was a little pissed that she got disturbed in the middle of the cemetery. You know what? So if yeah, I was having a good long uh... sleep and someone came in there to say, "Anyone home? <laughs> <laughs> Hello, you there?" Yeah, so and then didn't even say goodbye, so that. I had to stay awake. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Right, I had to stay awake for these, you know, ten years. Oof, rude. But yeah, that's my Ouija boards. I hope I gave you enough facts. Um, if you, I'm going to plug it right now. If you have any Ouija board stories, please, 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 please email them. I want to read them. I want to know more about it. Please, 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 please. Yeah. Yeah. And I know obviously we all care about it. Um, like my, the only time I've ever used a Ouija board, like nothing happened. I was very young. Uh, one of my mom's old friends had one in her house and we just, she was like babysitting me and we did it. (laughs) So I'd love to know like actual stuff that happens. So 
Yeah. Yeah. I was going to ask you if you had any like experiences or if you've tried um, using a Ouija board Morgan. No, just that one when I was a kid. I was old enough to remember. So like yeah. I remember nothing okay. happened. And then she again, like kind of like Lexus's story. We like were doing it and it moved around, but she started laughing. So who knows? Um, but it hers was like <laughs> a real a, I remember it being like a real actual like old Ouija board. Like I'm pretty sure it was Ooh. wood. Like, yeah. So who knows? But yeah. So let well, me know. I was just email. Me and Aaron used one when we went to Kansas City because we went to a haunted winery out there. But nothing happened. Oh, I love it. Yeah, we were pretty wine. We're, we were feeling the wine. We were having fun. I don't – if anything was there, they weren't taking us seriously. <laughs> they probably there like, we're not talking to you bitches. Like, no. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fair. Yeah. So, yeah, that was the only time I've used a Ouija board besides, you know, when we were recording. But, yeah. 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 Our but joke. If anyone else has stories, <laughs> I would love to hear them. Yes. yes, it's we're very hooked on it. So please write us. Um, yeah, and with that, Sarah, I think you're up next. Yeah, thank you. I hate you, but thank you. <laughs> God, making me think my grandma's evil. No, no, no. Gram- Grandmammy. Grandmammy. She is so cute, though. Like, my brother's name is Zach, and she'll never call him Zach. She doesn't like nicknames. So she'll be like, Zachary. Aww. Zachary. Sarah. Reminds me of, reminds me of um, uh, Hocus Pocus when they're like, and she's like, Thackeray, Thackeray Banks. <laughs> Quit comparing my grandma I'm to so Switch so- movies. It's the little girl. She's sweet. She's sweet. Doesn't she get, I mean, she's, never mind. She's a ghost. <laughs> okay. I was like, wait a second. Okay. Whew. So we had a couple people write in their dreams. So thank you. You guys will be getting some stickers in the mail. Um, and we had a story from Julie and one from Brie. So Yay. we have some listener mail. And Yay. they both – yeah, they both talked about um, reoccurring dreams they've had. So I thought I'd do a little bit of uh, background on that. So I oh, used cool. dreammoods.com, dreamforth.com, go to horoscope.com, antiflow.com, and as always, my handy-dandy dream book, The Dream Interpretation Handbook by Karen Frazier. So Thank those are my sources. That, ma'am. You sure <laughs> are welcome. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I've been watching a lot of It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, and it's really taking a, a weird effect <laughs> on my like sense of humor. <laughs> oh, so I'm not around gosh, anyone yes. else, so I feel like I'm in their group anyway. Like, yeah, I'm Charlie Day. Yeah. <laughs> Let's huff paint and do some weird stuff. No, I haven't done anything with oh, paint. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> No, you can you can test me. I've never done that. But I could if I'm home alone. Okay. So reoccurring dreams. <laughs> let's, let's get back to business. Is exactly what it sounds like. They are dreams that happen multiple times throughout your life. Um, they are very common and usually pop up when there is a certain situation in your day-to-day life, like a or a transitional phase or a problem that keeps occurring. And all your dreams aren't going to be exactly the same, but there will undoubtedly be um, repetitive similarities. And that's what we're going to look at to show you like the important things about yourself. So we're going to start with Julie. And Julie says, I've had this reoccurring dream since I was a kid. I used to have it all the time when I was like seven to 10, then a few times in high school and in college, but I haven't had it in a few years. So here it is. It's in first person, just so you guys know. I'm at my childhood home when I hear a storm outside. 
I go out to my porch and there's a freaking tornado in the distance. It's windy as hail and there's a tiger in my front yard. Question mark. Joe? Yeah. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> this part has always confused me, honestly. The tiger will creep slowly toward me and then as it's about to lunge at me, I wake up. I've Ooh. probably had this dream about 10 times throughout my life and it's always the same. And I've really been super curious about what it means. Hope it's nothing too bad. Oh. Yes. Whoa. Yes. Is it so weird? That like the is... way she described it, I can like see it. I can see it in my in, – like I can envision the way it, way it would feel. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I can like see the tiger moving slowly. It's creepy. It's so creepy. And not only yeah. that, but the tornado's coming after you too. <laughs> yeah. Which literally on Tiger King, this happens I think. So – well, you see him like oh, that's in a tornado with a yeah. Mm-hmm. There's that big oh. storm. All she's missing is a four wheeler and Joe Exotic. <laughs> <laughs> a damn eyebrow ring. Okay. Good to go. Yeah, that's barely hanging on. Okay, so to dream of a storm, Julie, means that you are facing some kind of hardship, which shouldn't be a surprise. Um, and you may be suppressing your emotions of rage, hostility, or my favorite, wrath. Wrath. Which kind of makes sense, actually, whenever you are, like, 7 to 10, like, you're trying to figure out how to handle your emotions. So it actually makes a lot of sense in your dreams. You'd be like, God, like, I'm bubbling. I'm so angry, but can't do anything. Mom Um, won't let me go outside. Dang it. Yeah. 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 Think of the things that made you angry then versus what makes you angry now. So no harm. No harm. Um, On the positive side, though, it does show your personality is coming to the surface. So, you know, you're definitely being yourself, which is good. Um, and the next thing to look at is the intensity of the storm, which is very important. Yours is so intense that you see a tornado. And tornadoes can symbolize one of three things. Either emotional upheaval, which pays tribute back to the storm definition. You know, there's emotions bubbling up or you could be in the middle of an unpredictable situation. The second would be destructive behavior. And I mean, think of the destructions that tornadoes cause. Um And that's in waking life. So in a dream, it would show that you don't feel you have control over what's happening around you or that you're facing some kind of disappointment, which is very destructive to your psyche. And three would be sudden change. So while tornadoes are destructive, they also move very quickly and they leave behind opportunities for new starts. So same in your dreams. The tornado could also show you that you're experiencing rapid change, um, but doesn't necessarily is going to be bad. That is the storm section. And then I'll put it all together how it fits, but that's just the storm part. Um, next, let's talk about the tiger in the room. But um, bum Oh my guys, I gotta go. Oh, she's house, laughing okay? so hard at her own. I <laughs> We're all going a little stir crazy. Whatever do you? Well, mean, I can barely darling. speak English on my story. So here we go. <laughs> <laughs> Every day, oh Andrew God. comes home, and I'm like, "Welcome! Tell me about the outside world. <laughs> <laughs> tell me, and tell me guys, more." You don't all know Andrew, but he is um, pretty much opposite to me. Like, he's very like kind of calm. Like, he can be goofy, but he just stares at me like it's the same as it was yesterday. And I'm like, "Oh yes, my precious, yes." <laughs> okay, so let's talk about the tiger in your front yard. Unless you are Carol Baskins, this should be out of the ordinary for you. But um, um, ties into our Instagram post. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. 
Um, tigers are very powerful and feared animals. And to dream of one means that you could be worrying about things that may never happen. So you need to relax and let go of things that you can't control. Um, because it is walking towards you, that is general taken. That is generally taken as a sign to be careful. So prepare yourself for any attacks from someone that is trying to prevent you from reaching your goals. So those are the biggest themes I saw in your dreams. And after looking at those symbols, my interpretation of this one, which could be way wrong, but it's just how I'm seeing it, Julie, hear me out. So there could be something unpredictable or stressful happening in your life at any given time that you're having this dream. It doesn't have to be something huge, but to you, it's going to give you some stress. So you may be worrying too much um, and your subconscious is trying to tell you to relax. So you are at your house, which is supposed to be a place of you know, comfort in your dream, which is good. So even when things get tough, which they will, you're going to be just fine. You're going to get a fresh start and everything's going to be okay. And you're going to kick ass at whatever you're doing. So thank you, Miss Julie. Can I give a shout out? She uh, just got her master's degree. So yeah, she did. Shout out. Congrats, Congrats, Julie. I told you you're going to kick ass, girlfriend. We know Julie, (laughs) in case you can't tell. Oh, yeah. Uh, She's a stranger. I just guessed. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) You have a sixth sense, don't you? Morgan conjured up the spirits beforehand to tell her. I say it's it's telling it's telling me all about it. I have the, the board secretly on my lap right now. I'm just kidding. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. There's a thirty percent chance you've already gotten your masters. <laughs> <laughs> my boobs can tell when you graduate. <laughs> Lord have mercy. Oh boy. Okay. So, right. any thoughts on that one, guys? Any um, that makes sense to you? Any confusion? Any tigers you yeah. want to buy? No, that I definitely mean, made sense. The storm definitely made sense. I. Mm-hmm. It's weird how big cats are. Like you had your cheetah. Yeah. Like are just big, like odd, odd kind of animals. Like you don't. I don't dream about like cats and dogs. Like uh, Carly really? had her that snake in the in the grass. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just they're kind of like odd animals. I just that's my that's where my brain went. Just kind of like, huh? That's weird. No, I had one this week where I was hiding out from a bear and a jaguar. And like I was like I could see it outside my window and I heard it eat the guard person outside because I was like a princess in this one. And I'm holding of course. the door closed. Oh, just wait. I'm still a hardworking princess because my brother was there. And I was like, would you get your ass out of bed and hold this door with me? Like quit sleeping. Yeah. I was sweaty <laughs> when I woke up. So sorry, Andrew. <laughs> okay. Lord. Now let's talk about Brie. Um, okay. And Bree says, Sarah, I was hoping you could tell me why I've had multiple dreams in my life about plane crashes. In my dreams, I'm never on the plane, just watching it slowly fall to the ground. And most times I wake up before it actually hits the ground. But sometimes I've heard it hit and then I wake up. I've been having these dreams since I was a junior in high school. And while they're not common, I've had them enough to know it's unusual. I fly all the time. I started working at an airport over a year ago, and I've even dated a pilot for a hot minute. So flying is something I'm very used to. Why do my planes keep crashing? (laughs) Wow. First of all, the wording on this, Brie, can I just? Yeah, it's great. Very nice. Um, It was written like like pure poetry. Well, I was thinking it's like a classic Ask Carol column, like, Dude, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and I'm here for. It. Also, I hope the pilot you dated looked like Nick Jonas from Jumanji because, oh 
girl. Him in those bomber jackets and aviators. Mm. I would dream about planes all the time. <laughs> Have you guys seen that one? Where he just looks over, no. he's like, I can fly it. I'm like, yes, you can, Nick Are Jonas. you talking about the first one? Yes. Oh, I've not seen yes. the newer one. I haven't seen the newer one either, but I want to. Beautiful, beautiful man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so dreaming – sorry, let me breathe out my Nick Jonas. Whew. Okay. Dreaming of a plane crash in general symbolizes um, the negative part of your life's journey. So in our waking life, we use planes to travel large expanses of land or sea. So in your dream, it's very similar. Um, It usually symbolizes an event, person, or emotions that are in the past or physically detached from you. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's not directly affecting you. It's a little bit farther away. Hence the expanse of land and sea. Um, I need to get out of my house. To specifically watch... The plane crash while you are not in the plane may show that you need to confront your own anxieties and goals. So have you set your own goals too high maybe? Um, are they attainable for the time being? Whenever we set goals that are too high or out of our reach, it can lead to feelings of regret and anxiety. So I mean, example, if I have a goal to run a marathon and I set it for tomorrow, I'm going to be upset. But if I adjust it to running a marathon by 35, that's way more attainable. And I'm not making fun of anyone's goals or saying anything like that, but I'm just giving this example because I don't think any dream is unattainable personally. And I actually know you, Brie, also. And I think you can really do whatever you want to do because you're a badass. Um, Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. She was in our sorority too and she just got things done. So just make sure you aren't putting too much pressure on yourself to have everything sorted out right this minute because that could be what these dreams are making you realize, especially if you've had them a good amount of times like throughout junior high, like you said, and through college. Those are times of like stress and you're making decisions. So just always take a minute to relax. You're going to be fine. Um, But back to the symbols. Yeah. Because you never actually see the plane crash, it just descends. It shows that you are already working hard enough to achieve what you want. It's just taking more time and that can be frustrating. But I'm going to say it again and again and again, which you guys know, Brie. Yeah. Yeah. Um, She's definitely working. Yeah, yeah, but she definitely does so much all the time. Like, that's no secret to anybody. I'm pretty sure she has, like, 17 jobs, a cat to take care of, lives, like, like is her own boss. Like, yeah, she's she's got it going on. She's got she's yeah. so much, so much going Girlfriend, on. Girlfriend, just take a breath. You're going to be fine. So give yourself some slack. and Treat yourself. Treat yourself. <laughs> You're going to yes, be girl. so fine. So hope that answers your questions, Bree. Give me a call anytime you want. We'll have some wine. Well, relax. It'll be good. It'll be good for both of us. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, those are our two listener emails that related to reoccurring dreams. So I want to throw those out today. Hope you guys enjoyed it. Yeah, um, that was cool. Yeah. If yeah, you do have any reoccurring great. dreams or just weird ones, please write in and I will interpret. Um, as always, be good to yourselves. We need as much peaceful night's rest as we can get right now. The world is uncertain. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, that was all I had. Guys, you have any questions, any dreams come up lately for you? Not on my end, but I have had recurring dreams before, usually with like a little Mm -hmm. twist or something else added in. Um, But I usually don't realize it until I'm like already dreaming. And I'm like, this seems familiar. And then I wake up and (laughs) I forget about it. So (laughs) what are your reoccurring dreams? But I really don't know. There's one 
And again, I don't remember all of the details, but like there's one and it's almost like video game-esque, like adventure-esque, like movie-esque where I'm like on this journey and I'm like running around in this town. Um, It seems like I'm in a different country and I'm trying to run away from bad guys and like a couple extra things happen here or there every time I have it. I don't have it Hmm. often. Like it just kind of pops up and I'm like, oh, this seems familiar. And like I'm trying to get away from people, but I'm also trying to do this mission I have. And then I wake up and I forget about it. So that, you're those a are the total badass even when you're sleeping is what you're saying. That's probably one of the better Correct. dreams I've had, though. That's the one where I'm like, how does it end? Do I win? Do I lose? <laughs> you won. I'll tell you right now. You won. Thank you. I imagine That's you what have, I like, like to think. those bullet things across your chest and you have like guns strapped to your thighs. Like That would be cooler. I don't think I have any weapons on me, but... <laughs> well, you just didn't look down. I We know. We know they're there. <laughs> <laughs> Get back out of my face. It's Alan. Aaron Alan. <laughs> oh, my if God. I wish that, cool. that I like low key wish people could like chime in and watch what just happened. Sarah reenacted a full, <laughs> full like spy James Bond moment. And I got to watch it all. It was wow. It was Thank you. I'm blessed it's on this Easter it. Sunday. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> it is for your viewing pleasure only. Um, I just watched Goodfellows, so I'm very much in the mafia scene right now. Oh, cool. Nobody? Okay. Girl. No, I've never watched that show, but... It is a movie, my love. Mm. Oh, a movie. See? There we go. I don't know what it is. It has that guy who laughs really intensely in it. And they're all gangsters. Oh. I'll have right. to look it up later. I'll think of his name and I'll probably say it right before the show ends. Okay. Um, I will pass it off to you then because I am rambling and here we go. (laughs) Miss Erin, take it. Take the mic from me. Okay. Thank you, Sarah, for those awesome dream interpretations. They were Mm -hmm. really, really cool. I just, so the story I have today, so something I hate more than quarantine has to be cold cases. Cases that aren't solved. Don't you dare do this to us, Erin. I had to. Because it's just so mysterious, and I needed to share it with you guys this morning. So are you guys ready for a little crazy story? It's a short one, but it's still (sighs) weird. Also, everyone take us on a wild ride. Oh, go, Sarah. I was going to say, it's like rainy and overcast here, like perfect day for a cold (laughs) case. So yeah. Spooky and gloomy. Yes. Yes. Go ahead. I was going to say, Erin, you take us on a wild ride pretty much every week anyway. So, yeah, I'm ready. I'm as ready as I can be. (laughs) (laughs) Buckle in. Let's go. All right. On June 14th, 2000, 20-year-old Amanda Tusing, who goes by Mandy, was at her fiancé, Matthew Irvin's Jonesboro, Arkansas apartment. They went to dinner earlier that evening, and Mandy stayed at Matt's apartment until 11.30 p.m. when she decided to head back to her parents' house. Matt asked Mandy if she wanted to spend the night since it was so late, but she had a 1 a.m. curfew and she had a college class to go to that next day. So Mandy left for her parents' house, who lived about 40 miles away in Dell, Arkansas. She told Matt that she would call him when she made it to her parents' house. By the time 1.30 a.m. came around, Mandy had not called. Matt called her parents to ask them about Mandy's whereabouts, and turns out she never made it to their house. So Matt... Mandy's father, Ed Tusing, and Mandy's twin brother, Andy, decided to go out looking for Mandy. 
They both drove on the route Mandy would have taken to her parents' house. So Matt was driving east from Jonesboro and Ed was driving west from Dell. So they're both basically driving towards each other. Mm. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. A little before 2.30 a.m., Matt spotted Mandy's black 1992 Pontiac Grand Am on the side of Arkansas Highway 18 underneath a streetlight about five miles east of the St. Francis Bridge. While the car had been located, Mandy was nowhere to be found. Matt called Ed and told him what he found. So Matt, Ed, and Andy met in Monette, Arkansas, a nearby town, to call the police and report Mandy missing. And then police arrived shortly after, and they searched Mandy's car for any clues they could find. Quote, she had a drink in the drink holder, about three quarters, half full, and it was still kind of frosted. Her wallet was still in there, and her keys were still in the ignition. End quote, said Craighead oh, County Sheriff's yeah. investigator Gary Etter. The investigator also noted that the car's windshield wipers had been stopped mid-swipe on the windshield, and oh. the radio was turned on to a station that she frequently listened to and liked. Mandy's phone was also found in the passenger seat. The battery was dead, and nothing else appeared to be wrong with the car, and there were no signs of a struggle. Whoa. That's super eerie. Like, especially with the drink still being cold. Like, yeah. Yes. Yes. I mean, they got That's, on it right away, which is good, but dang. Mm-hmm. That was noted quite a bit in the articles I um, found. And then on June 18th, three days after Mandy was reported missing, Mandy's body was discovered in a waterway known as the Big Bay Ditch, 14 miles west from where her car was found. Whoa. So a lot of articles touch on this, too, because her body wasn't found, like, east, the direction she was traveling in, but it was found okay. west. So that was just noted a bit. So wait, back Mandy, the direction she came from? Yes. Okay. Okay. Hmm. Yes. Mandy was found fully clothed. Her driver's license was found in her pocket, and the only noted, like, injury uh they're not sure whether it was an injury was like a small bruise on the back of her head and interesting mm -hmm. an autopsy was conducted but the medical examiner wasn't able to officially determine a cause of death likely because mandy's body was in the ditch for a while and it was really saturated and waterlogged so the cause of death appeared to be drowning but police believe that mandy's killer suffocated her then threw her in the ditch and mm -hmm. casual that's deep investigator Etter stated quote she had water in her nasal passages but not in her lungs that makes us think she was dead before she ever hit the water the water in her nostrils we think that came from her being in the water itself end quote and also the night mandy was killed uh the area was hit with heavy rain so mm. there were no leads, there were no physical clues that the police found. And if there were any, they were likely washed away by the rain. Mm. So they didn't have much to go on, That's unfortunately. Really and um, they were right behind her, too. Like, they caught it so quick. Mm -hmm. I know. Isn't that crazy how, like, that happened in such a short amount of time? Yeah. Like, it's just like an instant. Because she was how old, Erin? 20? She was 20. So wow. it's a, a lot of times, like when you hear cold case stories, especially or like when people go missing, it's always takes. Well, they're an adult, so they're they could they're yeah. not technically missing until like they always say like the twenty four hour thing. So the fact that mm -hmm. they were on it so fast is crazy, crazy to me that 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 nothing was found. Like bam, right away. Yeah, yeah and no one saw anything. It definitely seems like the town. Uh, so I'll say this: 
Um, Dell, where she was traveling to, where her parents are from, had a population of around 250 people or so at the time. So she was definitely going to a smaller populated area. Uh Uh-huh. So that, you know, didn't help either. Probably nobody really saw anything as far as police had found out. And when Mandy's funeral was held, the amount of people that attended her funeral at Dell Baptist Church was greater than the entire population of Dell. Whoa. Whoa. Yeah. So it definitely, this um, tragedy hit the town very hard. Yeah. Um, We're on those small towns, you know, everybody, you know, so. Yeah, exactly. (sighs) And she's so So everyone, yeah, everyone was really affected by it in the town and even people outside of the town. I guess as well. And since Matt, uh, Mandy's fiance, was the last person to see her alive, he was questioned by police about three separate times and administered a polygraph each time. He passed each polygraph he was given and he was ruled out as a suspect. That's good. Mm-hmm. Damn, three times. Police That's a also, lot. I know. It never explained why he was questioned that many times, but maybe they were just trying to be extra thorough and maybe yeah. see if. He slipped up or something, but yeah. it didn't I mean, seem he, like... Question is one thing, well, he is polygraph three times? Whew, that's a lot. But I mean, you think he is the closest person to her. He was the last one to see her. Like, uh-huh. I, I get it. And there's no other yeah. real leads, it sounds like, so... Unless you're getting And they always it. go after, like, the boyfriend or the husband first. So I always. guess they were just... Because y'all yeah. crazy. Y'all boy, <laughs> And especially crazy. because it didn't... See- I mean, she was young. It seemed like... A lot of people, you know, knew her, but a lot right. of people liked Mandy. It didn't seem like she had any, like, enemies or anything crazy like that. So maybe I she had went frenemies. After... I don't know. Um, but we'll get to some theories in just a second. Uh, first, police checked surveillance footage at a quick shop convenience store along Highway 18 in the hopes that it would contain some clues about what happened to Mandy. Maybe they would see some footage of her. However, neither Mandy nor her car were spotted in the surveillance footage, Dang. so that didn't lead anywhere. And then in 2007, close to the seventh anniversary of Mandy's death, the sheriff's department was approached by a person who told them about a conversation they overheard where people were talking about Mandy's murder. Unfortunately, nothing seems to have come from this lead. It wasn't talked about at all in, like, earlier articles I found. So like that was in Mm -hmm. 2007 and there were articles. The most recent articles I read were from 2012 and it doesn't seem like that lead went anywhere. It wasn't brought up again. Damn. Yes. So there's a lot of unknowns. However, Susan, uh, excuse me, Mandy's mother, Susan Tusing, introduced an interesting theory to ABC News. Since her daughter's car was found parked underneath a streetlight, She believes that Mandy was pulled over and later killed by a police officer or someone who was impersonating a police officer. Hmm. Susan and Ed had taught Mandy um, just from a young age when she started driving that she should drive to where there were lights if she were ever pulled over at night. Interestingly, mm -hmm, and interestingly, police did receive phone calls from people saying that they saw a car flashing their lights at them, signaling for them to stop or pull over the same night Mandy went missing. However, since none of those people did pull over, those witnesses, and it was like during the night, those witnesses couldn't give police a description of the car or description of the driver. Oh, no. So she was just trying to be a good apple. Yeah. I hate that. 
Mm-hmm. And it doesn't seem like um, it seems like that theory also works as well because in Arkansas, um, I can't remember how many years ago, but they did have the blue light rapist, and he impersonated a police officer, and he would pull women over and rape them. So he was a serial rapist going on um, for a couple years until he was um, captured. Hmm. I've never heard of him. Mm-mm. I've never heard of him either, but I feel like there are those stories where someone is impersonating a police officer yes. and it's that's just terrifying. I've Very. heard of those. There's like that mm-hmm. line you can call to see if there's any actual police in your area. Yes. Mm-hmm. yes. <gasps> Scary. If anyone like if any officer is actually out at that moment, yeah. Right. They'll let you know. So whew, it's just creepy. So that is basically the main theory. Um surrounding Mandy's case and that's the theory that a lot of people believe in that mm-hmm. if it it's either a police officer or someone impersonating a police officer an investigator editor says that they exp- uh that they explored Susan's theory and all law enforcement officials in the area were interviewed and administered a polygraph but no officers turned up as suspects the FBI also assisted um in the case and came up with a profile of the killer they believe the killer is a white male in his 50s, or at that time when it came out, he would be in his 50s, that lived and maybe to this day still resides in the area where Mandy's body was found. Damn. That's so terrible. Yes. And that's about all I have regarding Mandy's case. However, I have another case I'm going to talk about briefly because some people believe that Mandy's case is related to a similar unsolved murder case that happened in a different Arkansas town about 10 years earlier. So I'll just touch on that briefly as well. It's crazy. You're killing me. Can't okay. I know. I'm sorry. A it's twofer. A, a twofer. Well, now that I have more time, I will solve these crimes. Yeah. Get on it, Sarah. Sheesh. Yes. <laughs> Jesus. Should have solved about, what, three by now? Come on. Yeah. <laughs> well, I have. On. I'm just waiting for it to go through legislation and oh, all the mm-hmm. proper circles. Yeah, yeah. Waiting until you get okay. that contract signed for your mm. for all that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Can't wait to hear about him. <laughs> so this case happened on July 25th, 1989. 17-year-old Dana Stidham went to run an errand for her dad. After making her purchases, clocked around 3.17 p.m., Dana left the store, but she never returned home. Her parents went out looking for her, but when there were still no signs of Dana, they called the police and reported her missing. Now, around 6.30 a.m. that next morning, Benton County Sheriff's Deputy Karen Myers was driving to work when she saw a gray Omni abandoned on Highway 71 north of Bella Vista Town Center in Arkansas. She also noticed a battered pickup truck next to the gray Omni with the passenger side door open and a man kneeling behind the Omni. So at this point, um, this sheriff hadn't heard about Dana. So she's Mm -hmm. just, you know, kind of like, oh, okay, whatever. I'm still going to work. Yeah. So when she gets to work, Sheriff Myers learned about Dana's disappearance and immediately leaves and returns to the abandoned car. She runs the Omni's plates and finds out that the car belongs to Dana and the man she saw kneeling by Dana's car and the pickup truck were nowhere to be found. Oh, my At the God. Scene, so, like, yes. she could have been that close just to catching this guy. Yes. And I'll get to that um, in a second. Oh. So, oh. at the scene, police found Dana's keys in the ignition, her wallet in the car, and no sign of a struggle. Sound familiar? Uh, yeah. 
remix the to pool. the ignition, <gasps> hot and fresh out the kitchen. Oh my God, Sarah. <laughs> oh my That's God. That's what it sounds like. I don't want to think of unsolved murders. Go on. I know. Go on. The police also noticed that the left rear tire looked a bit flat and the items Dana bought from the store were in the car. They also noted that the driver's seat was adjusted for a person taller than Dana. It didn't seem like it was adjusted for her height. Oh. The police believe that someone may have driven the car before it had been abandoned. And this theory seems very likely since police got the call that Dana was missing. So they were out looking for her around Mm -hmm. that same area the night before. So around 9 p.m. to midnight, police were searching this area and Dana's car was not found during their initial initial search. So they don't believe that the car was there. That hold night. up. Hold mm-hmm. up. It's a chopper. Okay. Um, What tire was low on air? It said the left rear tire looked a bit flat, but it was noted that it wouldn't really affect her driving. They didn't think that oh. would be the cause for why she pulled over. They just noted that it was a little low on air. Well, I was just saying, okay, so she saw that guy behind the car. Was he trying to make it look like her air, her tires out of air, and that's why she abandoned it? <gasps> Forgot you were, you're right. He was kneeling behind it. Right. And they do Ooh. say, so I listened to um, Solved it. a podcast episode, and I will name that in just a minute. But they, just from all of the research they've done and all the articles, it doesn't seem like that man really had anything to do with it. Oh, oh shit. yeah. Was he just making sure everyone was okay in the car, maybe? Yeah, that guy might have just been checking, like, the car and seeing what was up. Um, that's what they think, because someone else kind of comes into play. Um, a suspect comes into play, so I'll get to that in a little bit as well. But I don't think that man had anything to do with that. You know, I think he was just mm-hmm. someone – he wasn't a bystander. He was checking it out and didn't found, find anything, so. Helper effect. Good job, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Three days later, after Dana's car was found, her laundry that she had done at her parents' house previously was found scattered on Wellington Road, which was less than half a mile from where her car was discovered. On August 5th, the police received a call from a local resident whose dog had come back with a denim purse in its mouth. After an extensive search, the purse turned out to be Dana's. Dana's driver's license, her checkbook, and other items from her purse were found scattered in some weeds about a mile northeast of where her car was abandoned, and police think that the that her purse was tossed from a moving vehicle. That's why everything was scattered about. Oh, damn. Terrible. What a good dog. What a good boy. I know. Good job, doggo. That's one positive thing. Yes. Thank you. And then it takes a not-so-positive turn. Almost two months later, on September 16th, 1989, Dana's remains were found by a squirrel hunter in a remote wooded area in Benton County, Arkansas. Her skeletal remains were buried in a shallow grave in a dry creek riverbed near the Arkansas-Missouri state line, about five miles from where Dana's car was discovered. This area was often used by locals as a trash dump. Her clothes and jewelry were also found buried nearby. Dana's t-shirt was found with duct tape on it, and one of her bra straps appeared to have been, like, slashed. And this is just the kicker. The hunter didn't report the remains to the police until the next day, September 17th, 1989, because apparently he didn't want the cops interfering with the squirrel hunting. I'm about to leave. I'm about... 
I'm sorry, what? Are you kidding me? No. <laughs> Holy, what a terrible human. He had a, oh a lot of squirrel God. hunting to do, apparently, that he didn't want to be bothered oh, about. F that. What? Yeah. Goodbye. I bet so you in happened. his head he was like, well, she's not going anywhere. But yeah. these squirrels <laughs> will. Oh, I hate that. Who knows? Mm-hmm. He's the garbage human. <laughs> but <laughs> anyways, Michael <laughs> Earl McMillan, a high school classmate of Dana's, turned out to be a promising suspect. Michael was Ooh. attracted to Dana, but she rejected him multiple times. Basically wanted How nothing to do with him. dare she? Reject a right. man. Mm-mm. He also continuously resisted joining the Navy until the week before Dana's death when he enlisted. Witnesses told police hmm. that they saw Michael driving his father's 1989 Ford pickup truck around okay. 3 a.m., so the same morning Dana was pronounced missing. Michael verified these witness accounts, basically saying that, yeah, they were true. He told police that a girlfriend of his would be able to give him an alibi for the night, I guess mm-hmm. saying that they were hanging out, but she claimed to not know where he was. And then Michael <laughs> slightly changed his story, saying mm-hmm. that he was with a different girlfriend, so a second girlfriend. This girlfriend did back up Michael's story, but oh. after being interviewed by police, she also admitted that she didn't know completely about where Michael was that night. So, so he's alibis and whole alibis. girls. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. In 1996, Michael's pickup truck, which at this point had been sold to someone else so Michael doesn't have it anymore, was collected by police and sent to a lab for testing. Hair samples were gathered that could have matched Dana's, but since there were no follicles on the end, a conclusive match couldn't be made, and I'm sure many people were in that car, so who knows? A year, two years? How long was that between the incident? 1996. Yeah. So her, it was a couple years because her body was found in 1989. Okay. And she died in 1989. So a couple years had passed, um, but they, the police were still looking at Michael definitely as a suspect. So trying to get some, you know, DNA or whatever they could find from his car. Um, However, nothing was conclusive that they found. And, also, Michael apparently carried a photograph of Dana in his wallet for a long time, even after she died, um, even though he was married to someone else and he didn't carry a photo of his actual wife with him. Oh, so hell that's kind no. of weird. That's fucking weird. So beep, 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 beep. Hold on. you're telling me he carried a picture in his wallet of the girl who said no thanks to him for <laughs> years and years. Oh, yeah. Right? Correct. I mean, that's uh, everyone does that. Am I right? Totally. No. When someone rejects you, you keep their picture around forever and ever, right? That is weird. That is so weird. Oh, I feel, I feel gross. I feel <laughs> And gross. even weirder. I don't like it. <laughs> even weirder, Michael failed a polygraph test. And I'm not sure which interview this was, but during one of his interviews with police, Michael said, quote, sometimes I think I did kill Dana but I know I didn't, end quote. What? Because that's what you say to really tell the police that you didn't do anything. Sometimes I think I ate the last piece of cake, but I didn't. Huh? Oh, wait. Yeah, I did. <laughs> Who says that? Oh, wait, it's gone. Yes, I did. Oh, my. Ugh. That's Michael. disgusting. Like, Michael, you're not helping yourself, and you are weird. 
No. And unfortunately, even though Michael did seem like a good suspect, there just wasn't enough physical evidence or any other evidence for that matter to convict him of the crime. So Michael was, you know, let go. He was no longer a suspect and no one has um, been arrested for Dana's murder. Uh, murder. They did rule, obviously, Dana's death as a homicide. They, But police have never released the exact cause of death. Um, there appeared to be a nick on Dana's shoulder blade whenever they found her remains. So the theory is that she was stabbed. And then, like I had already previously just mentioned, similar to Mandy's case, no one has been arrested for Dana's murder and her case remains unsolved. So I guess I'll open the floor to you guys for a bit and just see if you guys think these two cases, Dana's case and Mandy's case, are related or if you don't think they're related. What do you think? Um, first of all, Lady Secretary, thank you for opening the floor to the chapter. Um, I I motion to <laughs> set a time limit. Okay. I don't think they're related. Morgan, what do you think? Yeah, I, I, I think they're very similar, but there is a lot of time in between the two of them uh-huh. for it. Yes. I think they're just very similar. I don't think that they are mm-hmm. the same. But yes. if they could prove that maybe there was, like, another person in between those times, then maybe I would think harder about them being the same person. But if someone, you know, d- drove someone's car and did all these things, like, th- those, some of the things that were left done, I feel like some people would just do. Like, I don't think right. it's a, a trait of, of that person. But again, yes. because of the time frame, if there was a third person in between them, I would definitely reconsider. Mm-hmm. I definitely agree with you guys. And also, so the podcast I listened to about these cases called The Trail Went Cold, mm. the um, host of it, Robin Border, also agrees with us. Um, he doesn't think cool. that the um, murders were committed by the same person. Um, while the cases do start out very similar and like the findings from the car are very similar, one right. of the big differences definitely is how the cars were abandoned because if you remember from Dana's case it seems like someone did drive her car so Mm -hmm. that leads police to think that someone you know abducted her from her car drove her somewhere killed her somewhere else and then dumped her body and then left her car on that highway while in Mm -hmm. Mandy's case it seems like again with the theory of whether it was a police officer or someone um acting as police officer that mm-hmm. she was stopped on the side of the road and she willingly got out of her car. And that's well, how it was left there. Yeah. So it seems like in Dana's case, it was more of like a cover-up to put her car there. Yes. And then, yeah, in Mandy's case, it was more like got out, never to be seen again. Yes. So I think so the there- person knew Dana, but not Mandy. That's what it seems like to me. Yeah. And also, if the profiler said that person could be in their 50s, there's no way it would be the same person. And the they mentioned the guy, like, flashing their – in Mandy's case, they mentioned, like, seeing flashing lights that whole night. And, like, that's why, like, I think that does back up, like, what you said, Sarah, where, like, it seems like Dana's killer knew her and the other one didn't. I think Mandy's was, like, a chance encounter, sadly. Yeah. And yeah. Dana's was, like, done by someone who knew her. Maybe the guy carrying her picture in his wallet, not his wife's. Hmm. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe If I was guy. his wife, we would have some words. Okay? We would uh, have yeah, I know. Throw. It's really yeah. weird. 
downs. He also, I didn't put this in my notes, but Michael also at one point, um, so Dana had her funeral and she was buried. And wherever her like grave was, he took something from the grave or he got like a piece of her tombstone, something weird, got a piece of her tombstone or something. And then he was like later arrested. I don't know for how long, but since he like destroyed that property and took something, he just defiled. wanted to. He took a yeah, trophy? Yeah, he defiled. I can't, I can't remember what like the actual charge was, but he wanted to keep something um, to remind himself of Dana. So I was like, that's Of the murder he committed. Weird. I don't know. Like a trophy is what I would call it. Yeah. Even if he didn't do it, he this did guy it. Some okay. Help. He's a freak. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, Correct. we don't know that. So that's what some people think. But I mean, who knows? Maybe Michael's just a freaking weirdo. Yeah. So either way, unfortunately, these cases haven't been solved. And going back briefly to Mandy's case, the most recent information I could find was in a news article that came out in October of 2012. Investigator Etter shared pictures of Mandy's car taken at the scene it was abandoned at with Region 8 News, a local Arkansas news station. Mm. He also told reporters that some partial prints were found on the car, but they couldn't be identified. They also found some hairs in the car. However, even though they've gathered, um, you know, kind of this DNA and these leads, Etter doesn't believe that the prints or the hairs belong to the killer. And he actually doesn't think the killer was ever in the car. So going back to, um, you know, Mandy being pulled over and her willingly getting out of the car, that's kind of what their um, thinking happened. Right. Police do say they have interviewed hundreds of people, but no leads have turned up. Investigators are hoping to solve the case based on tips they get from people in the area due to a lack of phys physical evidence gathered thus far. Edder also believes that Mandy's killer is still in the area, and he is continuously working on the case daily, refusing to let it go cold. If a similar murder occurs in surrounding areas in Arkansas, he sometimes interviews those suspects in the hopes that he will find a new lead. He has also grown very close to the Tusing family, who still live in Dell, um, at least as of the 2012 article I found said, and he wants to bring justice to Mandy. He wants to bring justice to her family. Investigator Edder described Mandy as, quote, one of these girls next door. Her life is loving animals and going to school. That's what she did. She had a full life ahead of her, end quote. And she also, this wasn't in the quote, but she loved animals and she was dreaming of becoming a vet. So, you know, she had just started her, you know, time in college. And I see you, Mandy. Yeah. So she had so goals she, and things she was working toward. Oh, that's so sad. Yeah. And it's just cold cases drive me nuts because it's yes. like kind of and especially this one, because it seems like there was so much information that got washed away with the rain and other things that obviously the police couldn't control. And it, yeah. it it's like they just disappeared in such a short amount of time. Like these women disappeared and now they're dead and there are no answers. It drives me bongers. Well, yeah, and he never, or he or she, excuse me, never got in Mandy's car, so there's no evidence there. She yeah. was killed somewhere else and then dumped, so there's no evidence there. Her yeah. cause of killing was strangulation, you said? They, there's no determined cause, just because her body was so, like, saturated with rain and waterlogged. So they couldn't, there's not a 
specific um, answer. It was never confirmed because it looked like drowning. But they do think she was suffocated and killed by the perpetrator and then thrown into uh, the ditch. Yeah. But also if the... Okay, you know, hold on. If the person who abducted her or whatever didn't know her, wouldn't we see more than just that one? Uh, I don't know. It could have just been a crime of opportunity. Or maybe they traveled around and did it with time in between and... Yeah. Oh, that makes more sense. You never yeah, know. It's weird. If, it, if they do roadside killings, maybe they do it everywhere around the country. What's I your profession? Yeah. I'm a roadside killer. I'm a roadside killer. I'm definitely not an internet sleuth and can't get into the mind of a murderer at all. So I don't know. There could be so many different you know, reasons. It could be so many different people. Okay. I, these drive me crazy. <laughs> yes, I do. Me too. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron, so for uh, a, double, my a twofer. No problem. <sighs> and as I end this story, I'll give my resources, uh, my sources mm-hmm. I used real quick. Yeah. Uh, so I used an ABC News article by Laura Davis. I used a KAIT8 news story by Josh Harvison. Um, a blog post from Defrosting Cold Cases by Alice Day Sterler. And I also listened to the podcast, The Trail Went Cold. It was good. Very, very okay. good. Uh, episode 91. And then I will also end the episode just by saying, if anyone happens to have any information about Mandy Tusing or any information related to her case, they should contact the Craighead County Sheriff's Department at 870 Four five five one, and also if anyone happens to have any information at all about Dana Stidham or her case, you should contact the Benton County Sheriff's Office at four seven nine two seven one one zero zero eight, or you can contact the Bella Vista Police Department at four seven nine eight five five three seven seven one, and that is the story of. The Mysterious Murders of Amanda Tusing and Dana Stidham, guys. Well, thank you. Thank you for my research I will be doing now. Thank you. <laughs> Man, that is Thanks, crazy. Aaron. That is so crazy. It is. It, and they're both so, like, this, the story was short. Obviously, it's long, but it's, yeah, they they were there and then they're missing and it's crazy. Yeah, those to me are, I don't know, they're almost so terrifying because they could happen. Like, it's just so poof. Yes, it. it's not anything you think about. Like Mandy was driving to her parents' house and well, and I she didn't ass- make it. Yeah, I associate that more with like bigger cities. People go missing so easy, but in such a small community, that's insane. You know, like yeah. 200 yeah. people yeah. The minus fact that one. Besides those people who called in about seeing those flashing, you know, lights from the car, nobody saw anything. Ugh. Yeah. Okay, so that was definitely enough sinister sunrise to get you through your day. Um, so I'm sorry, and you're welcome. You're choosing <laughs> to do this on Easter, if that tells you anything about us. But <laughs> we do want to take a quick second just to say thank you to everyone um, who's been listening. Please continue to listen. And also those of you who have taken the time to actually leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. As you said before, this really makes a huge difference to us. So we did want to call out a couple of you guys. Um, I see Charmy Z. Hi, underscore. I'm underscore Carol. Hey, Carol. Um, hey, Carol. WPM <laughs> 8675309. I see what you did there. Thank you again. 
Um, I don't even know 94. We have a Kelly XR3. We have a Just B, R E A B, a Bree Smith, a Racer X, um, and a K Steph. So thank you so much, you guys. All these ratings are super helpful for us, and it really it just means the world. So thank you. Um, also, thank you. If you want to, yeah. So thank you guys. If you want to send us any emails about things you want us to talk about or any you know feedback you have for us, please let us know. You can send that at sinistersunrisepodcast at gmail.com. You can follow us on Instagram at Sinister Sunrise Podcast. Basically, just Google Sinister Sunrise Podcast. You'll find us. Um, <laughs> yes, but you know we love doing this, and we also love hearing from you guys. So um, that's all I had. Ladies, do you have anything else to throw in? I think just um, if you guys want to keep on supporting us, and if you haven't left a review, go to Apple Podcasts and leave a review, and we are sending out those stickers very soon. So if you do leave a review, copy it, paste it, shoot us an email with your name and your address, and we'll give you that sticker. Um, And thanks for supporting us, guys. We appreciate it. That's all I have. Yep. We're good. (laughs) Happy Easter. (laughs) Yeah. Happy Easter, guys. (laughs) Bye. Bye.